official podcast of JetNation.com, the largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now, to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here's your host, Glenn Naughton. Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. With the NFL Combine underway, we have uh, plenty to talk about tonight and a lot to cover with uh, Mike McCagnan and Adam Gase both meeting with the media. They addressed uh, a few different topics that we'll cover. We're going to go over that. We're going to talk about the players the Jets have met with so far at the Combine. Um, The list isn't very long because it's only day two. Not every position group has had a chance to uh, to do their weigh-ins, their measurements, and a couple couple measurements that came in today that will be highly beneficial for the Jets. And something that was uh, a lot of people were were anxious to get a couple of players specifically uh, have their measurements come in, and they came in favorable for Gangrene. We'll talk a little bit about. Uh, some players look, looking at looking at some of the players Mike McCagnan has picked, and the impact a few of these guys could have at their positions compared to players, past players at their positions, and uh, and really there's a few guys who you could make a good case, you know, not saying right now today and the verdict is in and the jury is no longer out, but there's a few guys who you could make a case have a chance to be the best players at, the, at their positions that the Jets have had literally in decades. Uh, it's, it's not just Sam Donald. And we'll talk about a, a few names that are floating around, some some recognizable names that are being shopped by their respective teams in terms of uh, possible trades, whether or not the Jets should have any interest there. But we're going to kick things off. Uh, we're going to start off real quick here to thank our sponsor, this episode of Jet Nation Radio is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. If you're in New Jersey, you can get a $500 risk-free bet when you sign up. This applies to all of their markets, whether you go NBA, NHL, MLB, or anything else. Whatever you choose, folks, FanDuel Sportsbook. Check them out. So, the Combine's only a couple days old, but let's face it, this uh, this draft you know, is is quite a ways away. But in the early going, things are going about as well as the Jets could have hoped. Because, as we know, they're sitting there at three. We don't know, you know, nobody knows who's going to be there. But um, we do know that Mike McCagnan said to the media, and this is no surprise, you know, that the team will be looking or, you know, more than willing to move down. He wasn't exactly cryptic about it. He was quite clear. There are teams in the top 10 and the top 15 who will be looking for a quarterback. And that's where we're going to start off because uh, one of the concerns coming into this draft, coming into the combine, was that Kyler Murray, a guy who a lot of people view as a top five, top 10 pick, there were concerns that he wouldn't be 
he wouldn't make the grade in terms of uh, in terms of size. And as it turns out, he came in today at five ten, five foot ten, and two hundred and seven pounds. Uh, you know, not exactly Ben Roethlisberger territory, but let's face it, this is twenty nineteen. We've now seen enough smaller quarterbacks show that they can play in the league, especially given, you know, you don't need the 6'5 guy anymore, given the way coordinators move their quarterbacks around and how often they how often they, they move the pocket. You know, the days of only being able to play if you're in the pocket are kind of over. And we've seen that with Russell Wilson. We saw that last year with Baker Mayfield. And it's, I think, teams, John Gruden said the other day, you know, that he kind of, he was in that that mode for many years where he felt like he had to be 6'2 to play. Um, then he said he had to face Drew Brees a couple times. And that showed him that you can be a smaller guy. And let's face it, Brees isn't exactly mobile. But guys, guys at that height can play. And that's right where Kyler Murray comes in. He's at 5'10". There were concerns he was going to weigh in at 185, meaning teams would be terrified that one shot would snap the guy in half. He comes in at 207. He alleviates those concerns. So now, if you're looking for a quarterback, Kyler Murray jumps in the fray as a top as a as a, po- a possible option at the top of the draft. So whether a team looks to trade up with the Niners to get all the way to the top of the draft, somebody like Joey Bosa down to the Jets. I don't think the Jets would be upset about that. I don't think they should. But if teams feel like Bosa's a lock and a QB isn't going to go too, and I I think it was Benjamin Albright, somebody today, some commentator tweeted out that if you're looking to move up, the number three pick is the place to to be looking. And, And we all hope that that's the case. Well, many of us hope that that is the case, that the Jets will look to move up or sorry, move back and add some picks. Let's say they move down to seven, six, seven with either the Giants, the Jags, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, Then you have to figure, is Jonah Williams in play? The offensive tackle from Alabama, and a lot of people felt like this guy doesn't have the arm length. His arms are too short. He can't get it done. And I, I said to people, I said, listen, that might be the case, but let's let's wait for the combine. Let's see where he measures. And what he do? He measures at thirty three and five eighths. Not not an enormous wingspan that you would like. Not you know, not uh, in the top one percent. But he's right there with a guy like Joe Thomas. And no, I'm not saying he's Joe Thomas. But let's face it. Last year, the New England Patriots drafted Isaiah Wynn with the plan of playing him at left tackle. And he came in slightly less. I think he was 33 and three eighths, if I'm not mistaken. So if 33 and a bit is good enough for Bill Belichick to draft a guy to play left tackle, grant, grant, granted he's got Dante Skarnickia and they may get away with the occasional hold in New England. I get it. But the bottom line is 33 and five eighths isn't massive. But it's good enough. And when you take into consideration the fact that Jonah Williams has this reputation as just a an elite technician 
whose only downfall was supposed to be his arm length, and now that's erased. Is Jonah Williams now a guy who can be a 10-year starter at left tackle? So the, the two most important measurements of the day for the Jets, Jonah Williams and Kyler Murray, both come up good. Both come, you know, couldn't have gone much better. I think with Williams, I said this a couple weeks ago, I tweeted it a little while ago. I think if you draft Jonah Williams, you take a look at playing him at left guard for his rookie year. Then when Kelvin Beecham's deal is up next year, you move him to left tackle. Now that may not be, you know, depending on how the Jets approach free agency, they may they may address that before uh, before it gets to that point. I saw a story earlier, and this was far from uh, far from credible, I guess. Somebody somebody claimed on the forums on Jet Nation that there was a mention on the NFL Network that the Jets are the favorite. And we, we talked about Roger Saffold a couple of weeks ago. Jets are supposedly the favorite to land him. Now that, that, that goes a long way. That goes a long way. In fixing that offensive line. Because I've talked about it before, you know, Beecham doesn't have to be replaced right now. The main focus right now has to be left guard and center. Left guard and center are the immediate needs. Cannot, cannot go into the season without significant upgrades there. So if you get Saffold there, and then you get a Paradis, you know, someone like Paradis, who the Broncos are expected to let test free agency, you can sign him. Then there you go. You can go to battle with, with, you know, with the two new additions at guard and center, Beecham at tackle, Winters at guard, and Brandon Shell. And I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying these guys have to be – it's got to be etched in stone, and these guys are, you know, stone-cold locks to, to start every game. I mean, you want to upgrade somewhere else, that's fine. But right now, the, the spots that must be upgraded, left guard and center, the options are there in free agency, the Jets have the money, They've got to make it happen. And I think if you go into the season with that starting five on your O-line, you're doing it right. You're doing it right. It's not great. It's not, you know, you're not, it's not a top five line, but it's a, it's a good enough line to give Sam Donald the time he needs to operate and continue to grow as a quarterback. And that's what the Jets want, obviously. And Mike McCagney talked about that. I remember last year, I think, I'm sure that the night, within minutes of the Jets drafting Sam Darnold, I'm sure that I'd said I couldn't wait for the draft because I was dying to have a draft season in which the Jets were not worried about the quarterback position. And actually, this is just coming across. Uh, Steve Weish of the NFL Network, this is now being tweeted out. Steve Weish of the NFL Network, he mentions the Jets as a team he has heard is ready to jump on Saffold. If Roger Saffold becomes available, I mean, this isn't a surprise, of course. It, it, it's a huge need. Saffold's a little bit older, 31-32, but listen, he's not a running back. You know, good offensive linemen can play, you know, can play well into their mid-30s. So if you get him on a two- or three-year deal, 
then that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And, you know, only positives could come out of that. Well, on paper anyway, I should say. On paper, the move would make sense. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. Because there is uh, there is some talk that the Rams are going to let him t- test free agency. And they're not going to make a, a last-second push to try to retain him. So that's that. I thought I'd just throw that out there because now having mentioned that it was brought up on the forums on Jet Nation. Which, by the way, if you're not in the forums on JetNation.com, uh, you're out of your mind. Um Sign up, join up, post, let your opinion and your voice be heard. No, you will not hear mine on there. Not that I'm being a hypocrite, but uh, between writing Jet Nation, podcasting for Jet Nation, going to school full-time, got a couple kids, got a part-time job, uh, unfortunately the time just isn't there. So don't, don't, don't go in the forums and say, where's that, where's that idiot who told me to come in the forum? He's not even here. Um, but the forums on Jet Nation, you won't find a better place on the internet to interact with your fellow Jets fans. Uh, whether you agree or disagree with the point you're making, it's a it's a great outlet for fans who who can't get enough Jets talk. <clears throat> Excuse me. So check that out when you get a chance. So again, there, there's the rumor about Saffold, but uh, what I was talking about previously was the Mike McCagnan and Adam Gase meeting with the media. Now they both had um, they both had some interesting things to say. Gase and McCagnan. I think probably one of the more interesting things, or what I kind of what I enjoyed, was hearing Adam Gase's take on some of the players he's inheriting, and what he thinks of these guys, and he, he spoke highly. He seemed to be very high on Robbie Anderson, which surprisingly, and that's another bit of of news just in the last couple of hours, the Jets have hit Robbie Anderson with a second-round tender. Surprising move. I think somebody will match that. Of course, the Jets will have the opportunity to match the deal as well. But the fact that the difference salary-wise from a first to a second-round tender is as small as it is, and Adam Gase speaking as highly about Robbie Anderson as he did, I kind of expected the Jets to hit Robbie Anderson with with a first-round tender. And the fact that they didn't makes me wonder if they're willing to part with him for a second-rounder, which I hope isn't the case. And I wouldn't expect to be the case, given the fact that Adam Gase spoke about him as highly as he did. talked about how he was a tough guy to defend in Miami. To get him more involved, he doesn't want to use him in, you know, just one or two ways, which is obviously... Um, directly acknowledging the fact that Robbie has been relied too heavily on for one thing, and that's to go deep. As we've talked about ad nauseum, I've I've said it a million times anyway, I think he's capable of more, and we did see that late in the season when the Jets expanded his route tree and his production. Gase also talked about Chris Herndon at tight end, referred to him as a unicorn. He said he's a three-down player who doesn't have to come off the field, good receiver, said a uh, very good blocker in the run game and a good blocker in the pass game. And of course, those are areas where he can get even better. You know, we're talking about a rookie player here. So really, the Jets are in a position where 
got a head coach who's clearly very high on the players, some of the players he has. He talked about Eli McGuire. Mentioned Eli McGuire as a player who, you know, he understands had limited reps, but he talks about how when he faced him with the Dolphins, he could see that there were some things, some areas where McGuire, where McGuire was able to flourish. Said he would try to recreate some of that here this time around with the Jets and try to implement some of the things that McGuire and uh, McGuire's a guy that I've, you know, liked him a lot since they took him in the draft. And I think that he's a, a guy who's going to end up being around for a little while. And, you know, even if it's a, you know, backup running back, which is, you know, it's probably where, what he'll be. But in today's league, you got to have multiple guys who can play these positions. And if the Jets go out and get Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, someone's going to take some, give him a breather from time to time. And you want a guy, you want to do everything you ask him to do. And that's what Eli McGuire brings to the table. I and, mean, you know, we've talked about it. He can run it, catch it. He can pass block. Um, he's, a, he's a good all-around player. So I think that he's somebody, you know, for Adam Gase to single him out by name as a player that he's, you know, who impressed him while he was on the other sideline. That bodes well for him. Mike McCagnan, as I started saying just a few minutes ago, uh, got let myself get sidetracked. But again, it was nice to be in to be in Indy and to not be having to obsess over the quarterbacks. He said he was asked at the uh, Senior Bowl about the quarterback from Duke and what he thought of him, and McCagney said his answer was, "To be honest, I think I've seen him throw three balls." Um, I'm focused on some other areas right now. And man, what a what a relief that is to finally have a guy who can you know, to finally be in a position where your GM other areas. So very uh very nice situation to be in. We talked or Mike McCagan talked about the Jets' willingness to move down to three. He said he said they feel good at three, but he would definitely say if an opportunity is there to trade down They'd absolutely look at it, definitely wouldn't rule anything out. And he'd be foolish to do so. It's almost a silly question, to be honest. I mean, what, what's he going to say at this point? No, there's no way we would consider trading down if somebody made us an offer. Um, you know, entertain offers from the Giants. He was asked that. Again, what else are you going to say? No, we don't want any We don't want any Giants draft picks. It's unlikely because the, the two teams rarely do deals. But as Manish Mehta pointed out in an article today, or yesterday, um, forget which day it was, you know, this is a situation where the two teams each has exactly what the other team needs. Um, the Jets have a draft pick where the Giants can get a quarterback, and the Giants have the picks, you know, to, you know, pick with has a lot of value, gives them a, a, a big bargaining chip and a chance to move up. So we'll see. Jacksonville, you know, I've mentioned that many times. I hope that would happen. But really, with news that the Eagles are going to part ways with Nick Foles, I would expect Nick Foles to land in Jacksonville. And if they get their act together down there, that's a team. I mean, how if their defense pulls it all together, that, that's a Super Bowl contender team right there. And uh, we all, we've all seen what Nick Foles could do um, in a big spot. So the Foles dynamic could change, could change any potential suitors for a draft or for, for trading down. You know, then you, beyond that, you're getting where you're you're looking at trading with a team like Washington, 
Do you want to move down that far? If you can move down that far, you better get a haul of picks. I mean, listen, if you're a Jets fan, no matter where they trade down, you want to get a ton of picks. But moving down to six or seven, that might not happen. Now, moving down to 15, there better be a whole lot involved with those, you know, with that situation. But we'll see if the Jets are willing to move down that far. Are there enough players, or is there a player they like enough at 15 where they feel like they would be willing to let that happen? We'll find out in time and free agency. Again, we'll change their approach to the draft. Plenty of targets. We talked about some of the bigger names. We've talked about Le'Veon Bell. We've talked about the centers. We've talked about a couple weeks ago when we did the, the top 50 the top 50 free agents on the market. And uh, I'm just going to take a look, take a look here at some of the, the lesser known, actually, sorry, but before we move on from the combine, before we move on to, uh, to our next topic, go ahead and uh, just, just do a rundown, a rundown of names that players, that players the Jets have met with. Because, again, it's not extensive, but it is something that we want to keep an eye on. As I mentioned Jonah Williams earlier, the Jets reportedly met with him, the tackle out of Alabama. Also on the offensive line, they met with Juwan, who's another, he's a a first-round pick. It's a matter of where he goes in the first round. Brandon Knight of Indiana. Andre Jones out of UCLA, Fred Johnson from Florida, Connor McGovern, more of an interior guy who I really like, Isaiah Prince, McGovern's out of Penn State, by the way, Isaiah Prince out of Ohio State is another player they talk to, and at running back, long list, clearly uh, clearly an area that will be targeted. Williams from Notre Dame, Benny Snell Jr. from Kentucky, who a lot of people like a lot. Jordan Scarlett from Florida, Alex Barnes, who I think just did 34 reps at the combine. That's a big number for a running back if I read that right. You've got Reichwell Armstead from Temple, James Washington from Washington State, Karan Higdon from Michigan, Devin Singletary. I like Devin Singletary a lot. He's another guy I'd love to have. Florida Atlantic, Memphis, Bryce Love out of Stanford. Alexander Madison out of Boise State, Jalen Moore out of Appalachian State, Travis Homer out of Miami, and I won't take credit for the list. That's uh, I got that from Daryl Slater's Twitter account. Daryl covers the team, and he just tweeted this out a little while ago. I was trying to cobble together all the names I could find, and then thanks to Daryl Slater, he just popped them all up there. Uh, if you're not following Daryl Slater on Twitter, give him a follow. He does a great job. Backs, me personally, the guys I like best, um, is a Benny Snell, Devin Singletary, and I thought I'd seen that they met with Holyfield as well out of Georgia, and I'm not seeing his name on this list, but I, he's a player I like a lot, and Bryce Love out of Stanford, who I tweeted out about uh, last week as a guy who is bouncing back from a serious injury, uh, was viewed as a consensus first-round pick, or let's say early-round pick. And now because of the ACL is being projected as late as the seventh round. He's a guy if you can get him in the 
I'd jump all over that in a heartbeat. Um, and especially if you get a Le'Veon Bell, you can let Bryce Love, you can let him take another damn year off and uh, and have him come back next year. And by the time Le'Veon Bell's hitting that fourth year of his deal where he may be on the way out, you've got Bryce Love entering his fourth season with low mileage. So that would be that would be something I would absolutely consider. Um, another note that I meant to I meant to touch on because it was an interesting comment, um, and it won't it won't show up here, um, or there won't be any tight ends to talk about. But uh, that was the first group he mentioned when Mike McAgnan was asked which group stood out to him most this year at the combine in terms of depth and talent, and uh, tight end was the first one he mentioned. And there were some really good tight ends in this draft. That's the spot where, and I, somebody mocked this the other day. I think somebody mocked a Jets trade with the Redskins to 15, and then Iowa. I honestly would have no issue with that. Reason being, it's not a great receiver draft, and I love the idea of another big dude in the middle of the field who can block and catch passes. You you go with a two tight end set with him and and uh, Chris Herndon, and you'd be in a pretty good spot. You'd be in a really good spot doing that. So I would have zero issue going with those two guys. Uh, some fans didn't like him when they saw it mocked. In uh, as a guy who wants Sam Darnold to have as many viable targets as possible, I'm not going to get caught up in the position and worry about that. My primary concern is going to be whether or not it's a guy who can make a difference on offense. And I think again, a guy like that with Herndon would be an absolutely fantastic combination. Two big guys down the middle of the field able to create mismatches, and both you know both guys can play every down and be blockers. You can have one of them move over to H back if you want, while the other one stays in at tight end. Uh, just a lot of possibilities with those two guys if you were because you'd be adding a player like that, help your run game, help your quarterback, and add draft picks. Zero issue with that. Whether or not that happens or something like that remains to be seen. But I really did think. I really did think that uh, it was interesting that that was the first group Mike McCagan mentioned. And it, it could be that they, you know, they're looking at a tight end to take later. It, you know, it's, it's all speculation. That's what we do. Um, could be a tight end, could be no tight ends. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, a few years ago, getting into the draft, I painstakingly heavily researched every player the Jets scouted during the year. Every player they whose pro day they attended every player they interviewed at the senior bowl every player they met with at the combine every player they had in for a visit and i just i kind of made a list and anybody who ticked every single box if there was a player that i could say okay they attended three of his games they went to some of his practices at every opportunity senior bowl um combine pro day and i you know, targeted all those guys. I put a lot of my, my draft focus into that, and they didn't draft one of them. <laughs> not not one. I thought, okay, they're definitely taking one of these guys, maybe two. So we'll have, you know, we'll have a decent preview written on a couple of these guys, and I'll be familiar with, you know, these are the guys I'll make myself most familiar with because when the draft, you want to have as much info on these guys as the picks come in as possible. They didn't pick one damn guy. So all the, the assumptions is, oh, the Jets like this guy. The Jets spoke to this one. 
the Jets attended this guy's pro day. It's that's all fine and good, but uh, man, it's uh, it's crazy. It really is crazy that uh, the amount of time that goes into this, and and how they still they still come around. That when a lot of these guys don't get taken. And speak speaking of the draft and, and players who get taken, I had a thought earlier. Just wanted to throw out there. Like I said, I um, I tweeted this out earlier, and something dawned on me in thinking about the Sam, you know, Sam Darnold, how good he's looked early on, how impressive he's been, you know, especially late in the season, and we're all assuming he's going to be the best quarterback this team has had in years since Joe Namath, and he's really not the only guy. He's not the only guy on the roster who could end up being really who could end up being the best player the Jets have had at their respective position in decades. You know, Donald's the obvious one at quarterback. And of course Jamal Adams at safety. I mean, Jamal Adams, second team all pro in his second season. I mean, is there anybody who doesn't expect Jamal Adams if he stays healthy? If he stays out of trouble, I get it. Nothing's in stone. But hypothetically, Jamal Adams stays healthy, stays focused. Does anyone not expect him to make five or six Pro Bowls? A couple couple times all pro? I mean, it looks like that's in the cards for this guy, right? And I can't think of a safety, at least in my time as a fan. And that's why I say in several decades. You know, maybe there was a guy 40 years ago whose name isn't coming to mind right now. But there's a good chance Jamal Adams could be the best safety the Jets have ever had. Then the guy we talked about, we've talked about a couple times already, Chris Herndon. He's already. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time they had a guy who can do the things he does probably since Mickey Schuler in the late 80s. That's a long time ago, people. 30 years ago. I mean, you know, someone said to me on Twitter, oh, Dustin Keller. Dustin Keller was better. Well, and first of all, as I said, I'm not saying this is, I'm not saying right now today Chris Herndon is the best tight end they've had since Mickey Schuler. Fine, you want to say Keller was better? for the couple good years he had. But Dustin Keller couldn't block nearly as well as Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon keeps trending the way he was trending last year. And again, it's all projections. It's all guesswork. But if Chris Herndon continues to, to play the way he did last year and get better, just his physical tools, his ability to block, his ability to make tough catches, his ability to get over great mismatches. Would anyone be surprised? Would anyone be surprised if he turned out to be the best tight end the Jets have had since Mickey Schuler? I mean, really, it's a good thing, but at the same time, it's not. Because you're really, you're talking about the fact that the position's just been so bad for so long. You know, because the quarterback is so important and the Jets quarterbacks have been so bad, 
like a lot of other positions. A lot of other positions have gotten a pass over the years. Tight end's been pretty terrible. Edge rusher's been pretty terrible. I mean, outside of John Abraham, was Gastineau 20 years before that, the sack exchange, Klecko, Gastineau, and all those guys? Wide receiver. You know, they've had guys a nice year here and there, a good, you know, couple seasons. But Robbie Anderson, they keep Robbie Anderson around. And he, he could be the best deep threat they've had since Wesley Walker. That's another guy, 30 years since they've had a guy who could do the things Robbie Anderson does. <clears throat> now, somebody told me Santana Moss. And listen, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's all the soju I drank in Korea. But I don't remember Santana Moss getting getting past defenders as frequently as Robbie Anderson did it. Santana Moss can make, I'm not, I'm not saying Santana Moss didn't have elite speed. I'm not saying he wasn't a playmaker. I'm saying two things. One, I don't remember him getting behind the defense as often as Robbie Anderson did. And he was another guy, another player who's gone after, what, four years, five years? Robbie Anderson's about to enter his fourth year. And if he plays well, you better believe the Jets are going to approach him about a long-term deal. So if and when that happens, you're looking at a guy who could be the, the first solution they've had as a deep guy. For, you know, for more than a flash in the pan, for more than a couple of seasons. Since Wesley Walker. I mean, that's, that, that's a lot of pieces. In, it's only four players. I get that. But when you have four guys who could be the best at their position on your team in decades, that's a pretty good thing. No matter how bad you are. Every team, no matter how bad you are, you got some good players, you know, at various different spots over the course of 30 years no matter how bad your team is. But to realize this could be the best quarterback they've had in 40 years, the best safety they've ever had, the best tight end and wide receiver combination that they've had in a few decades, there are some pieces in place that people may want, may not want to acknowledge. But I don't see why... I don't see why a lot of these players, a lot of Jets players seem to get a lot of a lot of flack that they don't deserve. And speaking of of Jets players, well these these wouldn't these aren't Jets players. But I was curious, I threw out a few names. There's some names floating around. And of course it seems like every time a player is is mentioned as being on the trade block. But you know, there's always somebody saying, go get him, go get this guy, everyone that's available, trade for him, trade for him, trade for this guy, trade for that guy. But there are some names out there. The Jets don't have a ton of picks. The Jets do have a ton of needs. So I sent out a quick, I, I just posted this uh, poll like an hour and a half ago. So the votes aren't very high. We're at 186 votes. I mentioned four players that are rumored to be available via trade and asked uh, Jets fans, which player would they be willing to part with a mid-round pick for? I'm talking fourth rounder. Okay? Because it, let's, that's right in the middle. Fourth round is bang in the middle of the draft. Would you part with a fourth rounder for any of the following players? Eagles wide receiver Nelson Aguilar. Bears running back Jordan Howard. Vikings cornerback Trey Waynes. 
and Chiefs outside linebacker Justin Houston. And much to my surprise, at this point, 40% of Jets fans said that they would give up a mid-round pick for Justin Houston. Why is that surprising to me? Because Justin Houston is probably going to be a free agent. He is due a ton of money. He's not the player he was a few years ago. And he gets hurt way too often. He's missed a lot of time. He's lost a step. He can be a good player. He's no longer an elite player. I'm not giving up an asset for that guy. I'm just not doing it. You you know, you want to say sixth rounder, seventh rounder? Sure, I'll bite. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a gamble with that. But nothing more than that. Trey Wayne's Vikings corner. Honestly, he's been a disappointment. If he was as good as the Vikings had hoped, he'd be staying around. Jordan Howard, I'm sorry. Too many needs and too many other options at running back. Of course, many of us are hoping that Le'Veon Bell is the answer there. And then there's and there's no concerns, no questions about who the running back is. And you're not giving up draft and you're not giving up draft capital to get yourself a running back. I would not do that. So Howard, no. Wayne, no. Houston, no. Me personally, the guy that I would say yes to a fourth-round pick, fifth-round pick, Nelson Aguilar. Philadelphia Eagles receiver. Now, this is a guy, he's a former first-round pick, 20th overall just a few years ago. He's still young. He's 25 years old. Be 26 when the season starts. That's still plenty young. He's coming off back-to-back 700-yard seasons. And he really seemed to just come into his own this year. The Eagles, he, he struggled last season. Or, sorry, his first couple seasons, he had a lot of drops. Eagles fans were ready to give up on him. But in the last two seasons, he's got 100, 126 catches, 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. An offense that really relies heavily on their on their tight end. But Aguilar, uh, I like the explosiveness. He's a sub four four guy, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that uh I think he's a player the Eagles are apparently looking to unload him because he's due to make nine million. That's something the Jets could easily absorb. And you're getting a guy who's shown he can play. I, I look I say it all the time. Draft, the draft is fun. Building through the draft is great. But sometimes fans overrate draft picks a little bit. Draft, not players that are drafted, but the picks themselves. The fourth-round pick. Like, if you're not willing to give up a fourth-round pick for a 25-year-old who runs a sub-4440 and has shown he can get open and beat defenders in the NFL, as I said, 12 touchdowns over the last two seasons, I think if you put Nelson Aguilar in the field with Robbie Anderson and Quincy Inunua, that's, that's three guys who can move. That's three dudes who can make plays. So is it is a deal rumored? Do I think it's going to happen? No. But I just thought I'd throw that out there for a little bit of fun because uh, it's always fun to, to, you know, kick around ideas, especially at this point in the offseason. You know, anything's any, – any, anybody who comes available, you know, rumors are going to start flying speculation, things of that nature. And the Jets right now, as I said, 
the the draft is coming to them. They've got their quarterback. They'll need a backup though, right? I mean, you can't you can't go into the season or you can't go into the off season one hundred percent expecting Josh McCown to be back. Because he's kind of, you know, and Adam Gase talked about this at his presser with the media. He's given Josh McCown his time with his family away for the offseason to to think about what he wants to do. But what if what if the Jets are interested in McCown returning? McCown says, you know what, I'm going to hang it up. And even if he doesn't, even if McCown doesn't come back, that's going to be, what, a year? I couldn't see it being more than a year. So you're still going to need someone to come in after that. So what do you do? What do you do with the backup quarterback position? I mean, the way things are going right now, with with the with the quarterbacks who are expected to be picked, with the quarterbacks who are entrenched as starters, because of familiarity, would you want Ryan Tannehill as a backup quarterback if he's not going to get a starting job? Now I would imagine. Tannehill's going to look to sign somewhere where he's got a chance to start. But if that call doesn't come, if he doesn't, if no one's willing to offer him a starting job or an audition, do you bring him in as a backup? Or Trace McSorley out of Penn State. He's expected to be a late-round player. Another guy's a little bit short. He puts the ball on target. I, I love, I've, I've watched him play probably four or five times, and every time I've come away super impressed with him. Tough guy, runs well, puts it on target. Like I said, smaller guy. He's probably another one. He's going to be around 5'10". But he's a winner. Competitive guy. I would I would take him as a backup because that's probably what he's viewed as right now as a, as a backup at this point. I can't I can't see why why you wouldn't want that or a player like that. But I can't understand where you'd say we can't afford to burn a pick on that guy. And, you know, as much as we've talked about the Jets possibly trading down from three to move down and add picks, you know, Mike McCagney has done a lot of wheeling and dealing in the later rounds, moving up, moving back. I would expect this year for it to be a lot of moving back. I would expect a lot of those late-round picks to see Mike McCagden move down. And even if you add a, another fifth, a couple of sixths, a couple of sevenths, by making some move down, some moves downward, you, you know, all of a sudden, you, you can come out of the draft with five, six extra players. No, they're not going to be the top of the draft, guys. But listen, if you're, if you're putting the roster together, you, you want to get as many bodies as possible. We've talked about the lack of bodies on the roster right now. Jets have a lot of work to do. They have a lot of players to add. We'll see how it works out. But as I said, the draft, by all means, is absolutely coming to the Jets. They're in a great spot. They're at three. If they stay at three, I would imagine they're getting Joey Bosa. Or sorry, Nick Bosa. Or Quinnen Williams. Or Josh Allen depending on which quarterbacks, which teams try to trade up and get a quarterback and push some guys down, that's not a bad thing. If you trade down, maybe you go with a Jonah Williams 
Maybe you go with Greedy Williams. You address corner. That's a possibility. But the Jets are in a spot where you can expect them to get some calls to trade down. And if they don't get any calls to trade down and someone moves up ahead of them, again, to grab a guy like Kyler Murray, they're sitting pretty. They really will. They'll have a chance to get another impact player, immediate starter. And if they move down, if, even if they want to, if they want to move down to 15, let's say they let's say they move down to 15 or 12 or 13, somewhere in that range. There's still a couple of decent decent players on the board who could offer an upgrade at edge linebacker. Okay, there's some tackles, there's some receivers. So as long as you stay in that top 10, top 12, I wouldn't go down any farther than 15. If I'm the Jets, if, if a team calls me and they're sitting at, you know, 18, 19, 20, I don't know who's in those spots off the top of my head. But if someone says, I want you to move down that far, then I'm saying, look, you know, we need a, we need a boatload of picks and we need to start. Um, we need somebody who we know can play from day one. Doesn't have to be a superstar. But I need a player. I need a starting player. I think I saw Bart. I think it was Bart Scott or somebody pitched a ridiculous trade today that you know the Jets would take in a heartbeat. I think he said the Jets get Jacksonville's first, Jacksonville's second, Jacksonville's first next year, and Leonard Fournette in exchange for the Jets' third. I mean, who? You take that even without Fournette. Fournette's almost a throw-in. You would do that. You do that deal in a heartbeat. But that deal, I can assure you, will not be happening. What deal will be happening? If any, we don't know just yet. We don't. But it's all going to start to unfold. I think the smart money would be for the Jets to hang on to that pick until draft day, unless someone absolutely blows their doors off and try to get a team that panics. Try to get a team that's that's sweating a little bit. Draft day rolls around. You start to wonder, man, we really want this guy. Can we afford to wait and see if he falls? What if that team is two spots behind us? What if they want him to when they move up? So that's where you can get some panic. Will panic set in? Will the Jets get a great deal? Tell you what, there's going to be plenty to talk about between now and draft day. I know I talked about the possibility of a mock today. That was my plan. But uh, once I started it, I thought, oh, I'm an idiot. This lands right on right on Combine, you know, right on same day as the Combine. Let's let the Combine wrap up first, which it will in the next few days, and then we'll have a mock for you next week. And we don't do a ton. If you're new to the show, we don't do 25 mock drafts. That's idiotic. We generally – usually I do one before the Combine. Uh, didn't get around to it, so we'll do a post-Combine mock. And then I'll probably do one more in the draft because it does get a little bit crazy with uh, mock draft mania. So we try to avoid that as much fun as they can be. But as for tonight, that will wrap this show up. I am Glenn Naughton. Thank you so much for tuning in to Jet Nation Radio. And we look forward to to you joining us again next week when we'll wrap up a mock draft or go through a mock draft and hopefully have some uh, some hot news and rumors 
about players who could be heading to the Jets uh, with free agency right around the corner. That's it for me tonight. Take care, Jets fans, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow Glenn on Twitter at AceFan23. And the show can be found at Jet Nation Radio. Until next time, go Jets!